0: What's up, everyone? It's Ray Lazier from the band Korn, and you're in good company.
1: Good company! Hey, guys. My name's Scott Bowen, and you're watching Good Company. Today, we're with the man, Mr. Ray Lazier. What's up? Corn? How you doing, man? Dude, thank you for being here, man. Thanks for having me. One of my all-time favorite drummers. Oh, stop. How's that make the you best feel? Best drummer in this room. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Means a lot, dude. When I was preparing for this interview, I didn't realize like how much you've done. I've tried to gather it all, and I don't <laughs> know. I'm still missing stuff, but
0: yeah, I've done it some, all. There's, there's probably some records that should be missed. No,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big catalog, man. And so your first, uh, your first album, Corn's new album, The Nothing. Great album, just came out uh, what a few weeks ago. Dude, I love this album. Thank
0: you, man. It's great. Super proud of it. We're uh, definitely on a new, I'd, I'd say, level all the way around as a band. You know, mm-hmm. there's no substance abuse. There's no drama. It's all about music and family now. You know, and mm-hmm. I think obviously everyone knows what Jonathan went through with his, uh, losing his wife last year, and it was a big deal. And the emotion that he poured out on this record was just super heavy, super intense. And
1: uh, yeah. With something like Jonathan going in something so dark, I mean, you just kind of leave him alone. He kind of goes and does his own thing and write lyrics. You know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're He's, probably not seeing him every day.
0: No, this record was what's special about it is all five of us were getting together. You know, it's usually it's like me monkeying head getting mm-hmm. together and writing some riffs, come back to it, and, and we did do that on here on this record. But we really all five collectively got together in mm-hmm. Nashville, in Los Angeles. We have a studio in Bakersfield, and it was just really cool because. Bouncing ideas off of each other, you know, mm-hmm. like somebody says, "Hey, how about, how about this?" And and then we didn't rush this record. You know, we kind of took our time. And we got away from the music for a couple of weeks. We came back to it and readdressed things. You mm-hmm. know, and said, ah, "This is not as strong as we thought it was." Because you get really jazzed, you start writing stuff. You're like, "This is the best thing ever." Yeah. And you let's know, do a couple of weeks. Like, yeah, it's not, that, <laughs> that happened But like, and then bringing producer Nick Rasculinics back into the fold. That okay. was important. Um, he did Serenity of Suffering. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, Nick's a, he's a passionate guy, man. He's yeah. like, you know he's rocking out with a broomstick in front of me while I'm doing drum tracks for the record. You know mm-hmm. he's like rocking out. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, I'm just feeling it, because that's the way he <laughs> is. You know he just he's such a passionate dude. So I think. Everything just just went like this on this record for Mm -hmm. some reason. Not that it didn't on the others, but there was something really special about this. Yeah, I love it, too.
1: And um, I'm big into podcasts, and I want to say you guys have a podcast now, right, with this album?
0: Yes, we're starting this whole thing. Uh, Details are coming soon on it. Uh, We released the first trailer. Kind of teaser for it, yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of details coming.
1: I love that because Corn always seems like on the cusp of like like podcasts are huge. You guys are doing podcasts. I remember when like Corn TV, you know, you yeah. probably you weren't in the band with that. But no, but I was just, a fan. This is brand new. You yeah, know? like yeah. it's interesting.
0: They're, they've done a lot of amazing things and broke a lot of records. I mean, they were the first band to get retired from TRL. You know, yes. MTV's TRL. I mean, it, who can say that? You know, they literally because that's fan based, right? Mm-hmm. So the fans have to vote, and and they actually dominated. Kept, they dominated, kept number all one. All boy bands, they were, you know. Everything. Damn. Yeah, and they actually had to retire them. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. First ones would go down Sunset Boulevard on a flatbed playing and <laughs> they just did some really cool stuff, you know. So, us- yeah.
1: when you got your first album, uh, Medicine Will.
0: Yikers. That's, you're going way back, dude.
1: When you were in Medicine Will, you're like, one day, I'm going to be the drummer of corn. One day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not at that time. I, I did not know I would be uh, sitting here, but um, that's that's crazy. So Medicine Will, Mark Ferrari's a good buddy of mine. He's was in an '80s band called Kiel, Uh Kiel. the Right to Rock. Ron Keel. do you remember? I know that? Ron
1: Keel, because Eddie the Trump talks about. Right to it. Rock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Just> '80s, <laughs> big hair, all that stuff. He had this like kind of skunk streak in his hair. He had like blonde hair with this black streak. Anyway, he, <laughs> I did a lot of sessions in Los Angeles for a while. I was playing mm-hmm. on people's records. I was doing movie soundtracks, anything to make a living playing drums. You know, I was teaching drum lessons. How old are you this time? It, right here. Yeah. Man, that's gotta be 24. you been playing drums forever. 24, Yeah, yeah. Been playing drums a long time. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Dude, I'm talking about this. Like, was this the first time you recorded in a studio? No, that's not my first recording. My first record ever was a band called 9.0. 9. And it was, I was signed to this label called Shrapnel Records. Okay. And a lot of guitar heroes uh, came from there. Paul Gilbert, who's from Pittsburgh as well, mm-hmm. like myself. Um, Tony McAlpine, Michael E. Ferkins, Darren Householder, all these, like, you know, Inve Malmsteen, wow, you know, all yeah. these, they all came from the shrapnel label, so that was my first band I ever wow. played on, called 9.0. Have you always been just amazing at drums while old? No, you when you started? I'm still waiting to get there. <laughs> yeah. Tell me when I'm amazing. About 10 more <laughs> years, I'll be getting up. Thank <laughs> you. I, I don't really, uh, I, I look at myself as having, still having a long way to go, you know. Wow. America, yeah, I, I've accomplished a lot, but I still feel like I have so much to learn and so much just music to embrace, you know what I mean? There's so much out there, and and mm-hmm. you don't really. That's what's great about what I do. You never really reach that plateau of like, oh, I'm good here. I'm just gonna stick at this no, level. No, no. That's what keeps you going. Yeah, want to be better and strive. I just, I just did a drum festival last week in Manchester, England, and wow, mm. <laughs> I felt like, and I was he- I closed the whole thing, and oh, I, I didn't want to close the thing, <laughs> dude. I felt like, I mean, there's s- insane smoking drummers like Chris yeah. Coleman from Back and. You know, oh, really? Matt Garska from An- Animals as Leaders, and mm. Benny Grabe, and Marco Minimum. And, I mean, it, just, the list went on, and I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like, I, <laughs> I just, wow. You know.
1: Were your family, like, growing up with your family real supportive? You, the your Drum set when you were little? 100%. And, yeah. When
0: yeah. I mean, we grew up on this giant 118-acre farm in the middle of nowhere outside mm. of Pittsburgh. and you could set your drums up in the yard. No mm. one could hear you. Our, oh, that's cool. Our nearest neighbor was a mile away. I mean, it was, you know, that was that kind of... <laughs> what did trip. They're like,
1: you want going to play those drums? Take them
0: outside. Yeah. yeah well, you can't do that here. They were, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They were real respectful. They, they, you know, my room was above their room, which was insane because mm. I sucked for a very, very long time. You didn't time. hear weird noises? <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm like, but I played. They heard bad drumming for oh, yeah. a long time. But I, I had a curfew. I cut off at 10 o'clock or whatever, but... And no one in my family played music, which was weird. You know, you'd think it I would come from massive, you know, family. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. They just played it all the time. It was Chuck Beatles, you know, Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I just say? Chuck, Chuck uh, the, uh, Beatles. Did I mess up the first one? Chuck Berry. <laughs> Chuck Berry, you said Chuck Beatles. Chuck Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, Chuck Beatles, is great. Yeah. You gotta go buy all his records. <laughs> Chuck Berry, Elvis, the Beatles. My my brain got ahead of me. Yeah, I, yeah. I got ADD, AD, ACDC, I got all that. I just agreed. I was like, yeah, Chuck Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> you went with it. Yeah, I did. You totally went with it. Yeah, anyway, they always played music. It was always on the radio, it was mm. they were playing records, Zeppelin, you name it, you know. Mm. And then when I, as I got older, my sister would, uh, you know, she's buying Ozzy and Sabbath and Ted Nugent and Motley Crue and Skinner and plethora of stuff. You and, said your
1: sister is doing this? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's five years older than me, so i would go steal all her records. My brother's five years older than me, so there there you that's go, cool. Dude. Yeah. yeah, dude. Five years, bro. Yeah, five years, bro. <laughs>
1: Chuck Beatles man Chuck Beatles man You wouldn't (laughs) want to People people Google him right
0: now Chuck. Whoa yeah, I guess this Look came next. I don't know. Look that, at that acorn head I got going on there. That's like a that's some blonde. Uh, that's good, man. Hideous sun demons. Is that all natural too? Yeah, oh. This, <laughs> I'm, I'm. really proud of this record. That's that's J Lo. He's the original J Lo. <laughs> cool. Not, not, that, not that, that that's, that's the, the famous J-Lo. singer that's out there. No, she stole his name. James Lomenzo. He's an amazing bass player. He plays for John Fogerty now. He played in Black Label Society, Megadeth. uh Great, not white. I almost said great white lion snake. What's the name? Not white snake. Great white. Great white. No. Yeah, yeah. Great white. Wasn't great white. Okay. Lion.
1: Lion. Great. Uh, oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to Google that. No, yeah. What's no?
0: What's his been Sorry, J Lo. He hates me now. Um, white lion. White line. There's too many. There's. <laughs> he was in a bit called White Line. Wait, wait. I I never I had, had a chance to Yeah, I like that. That. So he was. I got him the, the gig with the David Lee Roth band. Oh, Yeah, cool. he was almost retired from playing bass, and I'm like, dude, you're way too good mm-hmm. to retire. There's no way you're gonna, Dave needs a, a bass player, and he wants someone experience. he doesn't want a new guy, he wants someone that can sing. Wow, and, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so I got him the gig with David Lee Roth. And then uh, Toshi Hiketa, one of my awesome, he's like another, he's my Japanese brother. He lives in Osaka, Japan. He married a friend of mine that went to the same music school that I did. Mm. So he ended up being my next door neighbor. And he would sit out on his balcony with an acoustic guitar and a cigarette, and playing this amazing stuff. I'm like, dude, who are you? He's playing jazz. He's playing Latin. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, whatever. So we, this was the David Lee Roth band for a while. Oh, with, we had another guy, Brian Young, who played with us after. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but... We would always write stuff at sound checks and mm-hmm. we accumulated get, all these riffs. Boom, got the uh, made this record. I recorded this whole thing. Studio buffs out there will laugh at me, but there's a machine called the Roland VS 2480 machine. I did everything on that, mm-hmm. on this, and I recorded it, mixed it. Is that your first time doing something like yeah, that? A, yeah, a full record. So if you get this and it sounds a little tinny, <laughs> 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 but I'm proud of it, it's a good record. It's all oh, instrumental. Cool. Do you ever go back and listen to this? I did not long ago, because uh, mm. a fan brought it up to a meet and greet for me to sign, and I, mm. my jaw hit the floor. Because this only pressed, I think, 2,000 copies. Oh, okay. So it's amazing if you have this record new. i got the vinyl right here. There you I go, long. dude. <laughs> <laughs> 50 cents on eBay, I'll sign it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, was this Whoa, the first David speaking Lee? Speaking of yes, bop, is it? <laughs> Uh Betty Page, that's uh, the DLR band with um, John Five was John Lowry Love on this John record. Yeah. Amazing guitar player. Absolutely. Terry Kilgore played some guitar on here. Mm. Also, Mike Hartman, who unfortunately passed away from cystic fibrosis, also mm. played on here. Passed away at a young age. He's the one that turned me on and the reason I got the David Lee Roth gig in the first place. Wow. I used to, I used to do a ton of sessions, a ton of people's records. And this kid used to come in, my, I used to teach part-time at PIT, at Musicians Institute in Hollywood. And I have this thing called Open Counseling where all the kids would come in and, you know, I can't play this, I can't figure out this Dream Theater song. I can't. So you just do whatever. You try to help them out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: this kid kept coming in and I go, aren't you a guitar player? He's like, yeah, but I, I'm intrigued by your class. I'm like, cool, man, just sit over there and f- shut up, you know. <laughs> and he, little by little, he's like, I want you to play on my solo record, you know. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, you know, Greg Bizonette's playing on it. I'm like, he's one of my favorite drummers ever. You know, we're doing it at Steve Ives' house. I'm like, sure we are, kid. You know, he's name dropping all these people. (laughs) Next thing you know, I'm at Steve Vai's house recording with him. Long story short, um, he started writing with David Lee Roth. Dave heard the songs that I played on Mm. and said, let's recut them for vocals because they were instrumental songs. And that led to me getting the deal. That's an amazing story.
1: I feel like there should be a movie about that. You know, what's funny about like John 5 is he has a, I interviewed Ricky Ratman and and he said the same thing like that John would come to his club, The Cat House, and be like, what this is a kid. And you referred to him as a kid. Everybody referred yeah. to him kid, But he's always in the right places at the right time. Totally. So.
0: John's a great I mean we were like little we were we fanboyed out. Like come on, it's David Lee freaking rough. Yeah. Like he was I had that poster hanging on my wall since I was ten in Pittsburgh, the Oz Festival, mm-hmm. doing that split. Oh, and yeah, now so he's meeting you away. It's on DVD and I'm now, like, yeah. you know what I mean? He's like, you know, but I so me and John were like he's playing Unchained and I'm like, We're playing Van yeah. Halen songs and was like, Hey, stick to the new stuff, what are you guys doing? You know, it was this whole <laughs> but we were such fans you know but uh yeah we we totally but john's an amazing incredible person and uh, yeah what a band like
1: i mean having you guys together yeah was was were you and john playing together on this album
0: no john uh unfortunately didn't never even played a live gig with us marilyn manson saw him play with rob halfords too overseas Mm. and said you're coming with me and that was it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah diamond dave um this is a mostly covers on this record um we did this at Henson, the famous Jim Henson right. studios. And uh, that's me, the lipstick. No, uh, I didn't make the cut on the, the girls. The, the Playboy playmates were more prettier than me. Um, so he, Dave's goes big on everything. One mm-hmm. thing about the guy, he dumps a ton of money, whatever it is. I mean, we, if you the diehard fans out there, if you ever see or see a thing called David Lee Ross No Holds Barbecue, mm-hmm. it's hysterical. It's just like, he had fun with his money. He'd hire playmates and little people and just, I mean, it was a complete chaos. It was yeah. like, my friends that smoked weed love it because I think. Anybody
1: I, would love it. That's <laughs> something you got to witness.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's out there. But it's like, it was at his house. He spent like a million dollars. It was just, it's insane. Like, mm. it's, yeah, but check it out. He's like, put the, put the band in the jacuzzi and get the Dom Triplets and kitty cat outfits and just whatever he wanted to make happen, he made it happen. You know, 52 yeah. people. Building, you know, cassette boom boxes outside, like you know, that the band, like when the cassette thing would open, the band was inside. It's just stuff you can't, you know what I mean. Never would even yeah. think in a million. That's wild, man. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. proud of that record. It's it's uh there's Savoy Brown, Beatles songs. Uh,
1: oh, let's see this if six was not uh, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy
0: Hendrix on there. When you
1: guys do songs like this, how's the like? Do you have to get permission from each? I mean, these are massive I didn't, songs.
0: I know they're huge. I don't. I don't know to be honest. I'm sure there's some kind of. uh copyright thing Mm -hmm. but i I know when you re record them and redo them yourself Mm -hmm. you don't have to go through as much because unless they start selling and getting you know do you enjoy like learning
1: other people's songs and playing that's how i did it i mean i played
0: the covers my whole life i just would put stacks of records on my in pittsburgh and played along Mm -hmm. with every record possible you know yeah and
1: i love all these like drum clinics too man (laughs) we haven't talked about that but how'd you get involved with that was that something the clinics
0: yeah yeah Drum clinics for sick drummers. (laughs) Um, You know, I never, education runs big in my family. So my mom Mm -hmm. was was a principal of three schools. My aunts, my uncles, everyone was into education. But my mom's like, I don't care if you go to Mars, you're going to college of some sort. Well, I didn't want to go to a quote college. I wanted to go to a 24 hour music school. So at the time, my guitar player in Pittsburgh found Musicians Institute and Mm -hmm. said, it's 24 hour, you know, music, that's it. You want to learn history, it's the history of drums. It's you know what I mean. You're mm-hmm. you only have to count the four, but no, but it's like you know, you it's a it was a big deal to like go across 2,600 miles, move to LA, change mm-hmm. you know, basically leave my family. You know, I think back now, I'm like, Ma, what were you thinking? You yeah. dropped me off on Hollywood Boulevard, what were you, you know, <laughs> oh Raymond, you had a good head on your shoulders, <laughs> but uh, it's you know, it's one of those things where I'm glad I went because I got my ass kicked hard because Did I didn't know. Anything. I barely could read a quarter note. Mm-hmm. I didn't know jazz, Latin, funk, reggae. You know, I didn't know all this stuff. I just was a rock metalhead off the farm. I didn't. Okay, play. you just played by ear. I yeah. played the back in black and be. physical graffiti and, you know, the mm-hmm. moving pictures. I didn't play to I didn't know all this stuff, but I thought I was all... Yeah. Big stuff moving moving out there, you know.
1: So you got pretty humbled moving out there. Big time. Did you have somebody like you kind of connected with that helped you?
0: The, well, there's, I mean, the class was insane. It was, oh, yeah. It was Ralph Humphrey from Frank Zappa. Wow. Joe Picaro, yeah. Jeff Picaro's dad from Toto. Uh, oh, that's cool. Efren Toro, Casey Sherrell. I mean, the, the staff was just insane, you know. Uh, so, literally, you know, <laughs> like I said, I got my ass handed. Yeah. Hard, you know.
1: That's amazing you didn't give up though. Like you kind of.
0: No, I mean I caught my mom crying a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it oh, sucks. No, but uh I knew that you I talk- didn't. You're 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 young and naive at that time. You don't really know. Mm. You just have big dreams. Like I just wanted to.
1: Yeah.
0: I just wanted to make a living play. I I didn't want to do the whole. Everyone dreams about being rock stars or being, this or that. I just wanted longevity. I wanted. To, I knew at a young age that I'd be doing this till the day I died. Mm-hmm. Whether I was in a Super huge band. If I was hitting a bucket under Santa Monica Pier, but, that's you know,
1: yeah. And it's great you had supportive parents, you know, along the way. That makes a huge difference, they, you know. They did
0: because they could easily said like, "Go get a real job," or mm-hmm. go, you know. And they didn't. They they had faith in me. They didn't know the first thing about the business, and neither did I, you know. Mm-hmm. But you just learn as you go. You
1: know? So the next thing I have here, um, AOA. Yes, I love this album. And, I, and why didn't this album take off? Why didn't you, it did take off? But why didn't you guys keep it's,
0: going? It's interesting because, you know, for those that don't know, it's yeah. Robert and Dean DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots, Richard from Filter, Richard Patrick, and myself. So, as I was getting out of the David Lee Roth band, I was looking for something original. I had too much music in me. I wrote music. I didn't want to just, I felt like I was in a David Lee Roth cover band with David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. i were playing Van Halen and I had a blast and I don't regret any of it. I learned a ton, got to travel the world. But I was looking for a band yeah. to call my own, you know, and when that, when I played the Nam show 2005 with Billy Sheehan. Mm, um, Billy a, Billy's a great friend of mine. I, yeah. I did his last two solo records, Holy Cow and Cosmic Troubadour. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, Billy and I, and Toshi, off the Hideous Demons oh, yeah, record, yeah, yeah. played this trio thing. Robert DeLeo and Dean DeLeo were there with Steve Ferroni from The Average White Band, Okay, and uh, they were playing a thing called Farm Fur. And then Billy Cobham was on the bill, so all these mm-hmm. insane drummers I'm like, God—they must hate us because we're just <laughs> Billy's. You know, Billy's amazing, dude. Insane. So, but they—they kept—they were nudging each other at Soundcheck, like, "Who's this guy? Who's this drummer?" And they go, "Hey, man!" Like I go, "Dude, I'm the biggest STP freak." I thank you for all your music, and I was just like, hey, yeah. go, "What are you doing right now?" I go, "Well, I'm in the Dave Lee Roth band. I'm looking for another band," and they looked at each other like, "We have this band with Richard from Filter," and I went. I'm a huge filter fan. Oh, yeah. Please let me audition. Please. They go, oh, you're going to audition, all right. <laughs> and then that's, that's, I went down there, and they were looking at a couple other drummers, some great drummers, people I really look up to. I was really kind of scared because I didn't think I was going to get the gig. And um, we played probably side one and side two of Physical Graffiti. Wow. Because they're Zeppelin Freaks. And then we played. We get done, I'm like, hey, we play the songs I learned, the demos, you know. And then he said, where, where are you from again? I go, Pittsburgh. And I go, you got the gig, uh, a, yeah. So it was weird. Like I, I think I have played one or two, AOA songs, and then you know. But, <laughs> but they're putting you through the ringer, man. They're yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, totally. But they're sweet. Some of the sweetest people on the planet. Are they? Some of the best musicians I've ever worked with. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I love the songs and goodbye. That drum thing you do, man, it's just sick. I love it.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, that's it was weird because it ended up on the radio. There's actually a drum solo. Did fam. you think it would be? I mean, no, these people edit because of no. the link. Yeah. And the fun, a weird story about that is, or funny story, Bob Ezrin, you know? Yeah, Bob Ezrin. Pink yeah, yeah. Floyd, The Wall. He did Deftones. Yeah, he, not many he, people know he that. Did, he did. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been around
1: forever. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he. Uh, did he do Deftones? He did. Um, uh, what was it, Saturday Night? Risk? He just threw me
0: off. Yeah. I was like, that was, that but they was, didn't get along, though. I mean, I don't know, man. This could be all rumored or something. It's, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, but he did you do Saturday right no. though. But Bob's one of those guys. He's legendary, of course. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. Kiss Destroyer is one of the reasons I picked up a stick. Yeah. I mean, come on, that Peter Chris, I wanted to be Peter Chris. And it's like having Bob in the room was just intimidating, as it was. I'm just looking at him, I going, bet. "Man, he's just a person, Ray, just, just <laughs> like you, you know." But you know, he he's the one that went. Him and Robert were sitting in the studio, and they went. Just go for a vamp at the end. Just go go nuts at the very end. Over, there. I'm like okay, and I got mm-hmm. headphones on. <clears throat> Try to map something out. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll do some. Played it through once, and then I I looked in the studio and they were all standing there like this, like field goal. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm getting I'm getting there. Let me get I got some st- ideas. I'm like, yeah. They're like, no, that's it. You're keeping that. And I'm like, one take. Yeah. And I'm ah. like, no, no, no. So I did it. I go, please let me do it again. I did it probably 15 more times. Mm-hmm. And they're like this. <laughs> I'm like that's way better than the first nope there's a fire and energy on that first take that's the one you hear on the record oh my gosh yeah so it's kind of that's amazing eh. one take that's awesome oh, trust me I'm not one take Jake by any means <laughs> sometimes I'm 28 Jake how come you guys didn't do another record man what was the at that time I knew Scott Weiland eventually he was in Velvet Revolver mm. it was kind of the super group time yeah. all these bands had. I knew Scott was gonna eventually get back in The tour, we were kind of the guinea pigs on this record label called The Firm, Mm -hmm. The Firm Records. And um, I'm not saying they mismanaged us or miss anything, but I don't know if there was enough done, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, for the magnitude of the band, I think, you know, because I really believed it. That was my baby, you know. And then uh, they, the firm managed Corn and a bunch of others. And they also manage Army of Anyone. So I was calling my manager going, this isn't looking good. The tour's kind of slowing down. What's going on? He's like, I don't know, man. And I could feel it, the mm. demise of it. And it was bumming me out because we had a lot of material. We were starting for AOA 2. Oh, OK. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do, yeah. man? I need a gig. He's like, I go, what's up with Corn, man? They got Terry Bozio playing on the record. They got Brooks Wackerman. That's
1: right. That's they right got left. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Joey from Slipknot filling in. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, I'm like. You know, like, well, they're looking for a steady drummer. And at this time, I had like longer blonde hair. And, you know, and he goes, You should go play with him and see what happens. I'm like, Yeah, right. He's like, No, you should. They really dig that Army of Anyone record. And, you know, and it, like, okay. And so that's what I did. I went up and then auditioned at Joey's last gig in Seattle because he was going back to Slipknot at the time. Yeah. And uh, I set up this little five piece rickety drum kit in this empty arena in Seattle. So I, I thought you,
1: didn't you try out on camera?
0: Because there's the there, a There was or? cameras, but I didn't know there was cameras. Okay, yeah, because they was documented too, that. I've seen yeah, it, they yeah. Do, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, days, like, I remember, yeah everybody was just yeah, like, wow. Yeah, but I, I, uh, I learned, they told me to learn six songs and my experience through L.A. and mm-hmm. trying to get gigs. And I always encourage up-and-comers, learn more than you have to. If they tell you five songs, do your homework, research the band, yes. go back and dig deep in the catalog. Jason said nope. says that. He said, like, yeah.
1: when he dropped from Doggie, he's like, he looked at the tour and figured out all the songs are playing on tour. Yeah. Yeah. that's
0: Yeah, exactly. So I learned about 33, 35 tunes. Mm-hmm. And I was already a fan, so I knew a bunch of corn stuff. But I was a huge Terry Bozio fan. Yeah. And he played on Untitled most of it. And, and I was like, I'd learned every song. I was like, can we please do Everbee? And they're like, yeah, let's just stick to the hits. Oh, <laughs> And I was yeah, fighting yeah. to do Everbee. So we finally did it. And, and they were just like, all right, man. You know. Yeah. Welcome to Corn.
1: That was crazy seeing Terry Bozzi and they were documenting him for that yeah. album. He had like a wall man. a little of a
0: I called a manager one day and he's like, he's like, yeah, Corn's got this drummer. He's like, like 87 drums down a like, am <laughs> like, no, he doesn't. Who's the drummer? He's like, little Bo- Boz, Bozo Bozo. a Bo-. little Bo- Are you, are you bit of a little bit of yeah, Jonathan's like of of his favorite drummers ever. So they yeah. of I was blown away. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, okay, you tried out for Corn, but you did this thing with Doug Pennant Whoa. from uh, Kings X. Man,
0: I haven't seen that in a long time. I know, yeah. Hence my expression. <laughs> wow, Doug's my boy, man. Love Doug. So uh, he did a little solo project with you. Doug. Okay, here's uh, yeah. a, here's a story about Doug. I said, I go, I was such a huge Kings X fan that I would fly to other cities to see Kings. I would like my buddy would call me up and go because I lived in L.A. at the time. He's like, dude, they're in Vegas. I'm on my way to pick you up, click. Wow. There was no question of, do you wanna go? We're going. Wow, yeah. King's X, it was like going to church. Like going to every, kid. in our opinions, they should have been bigger than the Beatles. Like mm-hmm. I love heavy riffs and I love beautiful harmonies over top. There's yeah. something about the power of that. Anyway, uh, San Francisco, whatever. Doug kept seeing me at these gigs. like, man, you're always here. I'm like, yeah, anywhere on the West Coast, man, I'm there. And uh, I go, dude, before I die, I wanna play tambourine. Just let me play tambourine on one of your songs. He's like, tambourine. yeah, because I didn't. I just wanted to be a part of something he did. Yeah. So when that album came up, he goes, "Hey man," and I'm like, "You, got Are that you serious? Tambourine? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's triangle. It's else? <laughs> <The> tri- <laughs> but, and then we played two songs. One of them made the record, and oh, that's so that cool. started the whole thing. Yeah. And, then, and as you know, I don't know. Some people know I started a band called KXM. Yes. With yeah. Doug, and George Lynch, the le- legendary guitar player. Uh, Love George Lynch. So yeah, man, that's cool. docking and Lynch mob. Yeah. Like, I keep calling his band lunch mom but, you know, <laughs> he gets really mad at me sorry george. <clears throat> lynch mob amazing insane guitar player yes. we uh i had a birthday party in la for my son that turned one we're all in my studio they're all messing with my guitars and and uh doug looked around and and george goes this would make a great lineup i'm like yeah that'll ever happen mm. you know because we're so busy And we're on our third record now. We just released the record called Circle of Dolls.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's awesome, man. And I was telling you earlier, like Three Piece sounds so full, like. Thanks. And I I love Three Piece, like like The Police, one of my favorite bands too. And Mm -hmm. I just something about it it's cool. I like it.
0: What's interesting about KXM is there's no riffs written. There's no pre-production. We just Mm -hmm. go in the studio with headphones on, and say, "What do you got? What do you got?" And by the end of the day, I'm tracking drums for the record permanently. The next day, we go on to a new song. So it takes ten days out of my life each record. That's hit. Yeah, that's amazing. Of course, they overdub guitars and vocals, but (laughs) okay. So your
1: first album of corn would be—is it the corn three, right?
0: Yes, that's the first
1: full-length,
0: top-to-bottom record that I did. You're you're with uh, um, Ross, Ross
1: Ross Robinson.
0: Robinson, Yeah, talk about that experience. He's Ross is a slave driver, man. Yeah, I don't even know how to. uh, He's another passionate guy. Every producer does their thing, you know. They have their thing that they. What was rough about this record for me? My only r- first recording I did was "Kidnap the Sandy Claws," th- which was on the "Nightmare Before the Nightmare Before Christmas" soundtrack. Oh, Danny Elfman song. We recreated it into it. A- check mm-hmm. it out, everybody. It's a, it's a re- I'm really proud of it because we took a total classical composition mm-hmm. and made it this heavy song. So this was like my first time. where like I'm still the new guy, you know. Mm. Years later, and all my bands I've ever played, and I'm still, <laughs> you know, that new dude. Always the well, new guy. Everyone knows that Ross made the first corn record in Life is Peachy. Yeah, so so I love
1: Corn Three, such a cool idea. He
0: has a huge history with the band and and so of course I got rode the hardest, you know, because and had hadn't joined rejoined yet. Mm -hmm. So it was just Monkey, Fieldy, John and I in this super small little room Mm -hmm. in our studio in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. John would leave there with tears in his eyes. It was a rough record to make i'm proud of it and i listen back and the whole method of like no click tracks everything's so fixed and polished these days yeah you know and some of the a lot of the soul is getting sucked out of music these days and but that's this industry standard it seems you know and it doesn't have to be that way so there's mistakes on that record full blown yeah and ross loves that he oh, loves if you triple if you don't quite hit a snare right or if you miss a crash or if you, he loves that imperfection so but i, I was Dry heaving when I would leave the studio, like, wow, that's gonna stay on the record forever. Yeah, right. Because I'm really weird about CDs and records and recordings. Because when we're all dead and gone, they're gonna they outlive us all. They're gonna live on. Somebody, somebody, you know, 200 years from now is gonna pick up Horn yeah. Three and go, wow, that drummer used a click track because he's all over the place now.
1: <laughs> Where'd you guys record that at? Because it was Indigo Ranch or that that no, that was their that was, their, gone, that was yeah,
0: that's gone. That was their original place. Yeah. Um, we had a studio on Hollywood Boulevard for a while. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, the new studio is in Bakersfield, California, mm-hmm. where John lives. Um, or he lives up there. So that studio is not there in, anymore. It, in it was a beautiful studio, but unfortunately, it's apartment buildings right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that they uh, made a DVD out of this. Yeah. And it's total '90s. Like. It, yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like it came out in the '90s. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's really all these cool. effects and stuff. Is that Billy's daughter? Stuff.
0: No, that what is, is that? Um, her name. Uh, was, she just Facebooked me not too long ago, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm true. sorry, I don't know you." She goes, "Oh, you know me." And I'm like, "No, I'm sorry." She goes, and she she's sent like, me that picture. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Whoa, you know." Anyway, she's a sweetheart. Her and her mom are great people. No, uh, I think that was Philly's dog. That's, no.
1: that's so, me in the car,
0: though. No, I'm kidding. No, that's, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's scary, dude. Uh, and you guys went a total different direction for this one, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, full blown. Were you all on board for this?
1: For making such a crazy transition?
0: John position? came up. He, Sonny Skrillex. Um, he was hanging with him, and he wrote the song "Get Up," mm-hmm. and he played it for us at a sound check, and he pumped it through the PA, and all our jaws hit the ground. We were just like, yeah. "What is this?" I'm like, <laughs> "Is this your solo project?" He, That's bizarre, he goes, yeah. "I want it to be corn." I'm like, "What, what about me?" Because uh, you yeah. know, I heard these programmed drums. I'm like, "What am I gonna do?" He's like, "You're gonna, we're gonna sample the drums live." And we had, he was so passionate about it. It threw me off at mm-hmm. first. I'll be honest. But then I embraced it because I really liked the songs. I really liked where it was so left field, and, and you know. But with that, a lot of the diehards were like, "What are you, what are you doing to us?" Kind of thing, you know. But yeah. that's what I love about John. Is he? it's not afraid and, Monkey and head and Philly They're not afraid to take chances. Yeah. on things. Got to man, you got to. Yeah, evolve. and you have to make yourself happy. Some a lot of bands, some of my favorite bands. Every record sounds exactly. You know exactly what you're going to get yeah. every single time. And that's great. Some works for some. It works AC/DC, for ACDC, right? Motorhead. ACDC, Motorhead, Maiden. There's a lot of bands yeah. that just have that formula. Why would they break that? This kind of made everyone just go, what the heck, you know?
1: That'd be funny when John, you're like, what am I
0: going to do? And Jonathan goes, I'm going to get you a tambourine, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting at first. But then the live shows were just so powerful and mm-hmm. triggering these drums. So they sounded like these ginormous. Wow. We actually shipped in nine or 10 extra subs every show. Really? So like, if you were in that first 20 rows, you were moving off the floor whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. When you're playing these songs live, you have programmed or something? There's a there's computers running behind me, mm-hmm. so it triggers all the drums as I go. So the oh, verse cool, cool, cool. snares might be different. Mm-hmm. And the chorus kicks in, it gets bigger, so they're all running on that. Oh, that's cool, then. man.
1: OK, this is the first sound <clears throat> with Head. Yes. Amazing record, man. Thanks. I love, I keep saying DVD, I'm so nerdy about like when you guys document stuff, and you guys document with Head returning with him on stage with holding that guitar over his head. Yeah, it was
0: big. Carolina Rebellion. Yeah, it was a big moment. What was it like playing, you know, seeing all the corn guys? I your... was, that was, I don't think it hit people right away, because there were just, no one expected yeah, it, you yeah. know. He was playing a side stage with a band called Red, mm-hmm. and he... We went over to the side stage on a golf cart to watch him because I never met the guy. I wanted to meet him. Mm-hmm. I met his daughter before I met him, which was really oh, weird. weird. She came to a show in Arizona. Jane, yeah. yeah, and uh, man, I, he got up on that stage and he ripped that stage apart. Just his presence. And he, he got up. He was just this beast, and I, I was just like, "What the heck, this guy?" And in my head, secretly, I was like, "This guy's got to be back in corn." This he's. This is just he's just too ginormous of. Mm-hmm. Personality, musician, everything gets off stage, and uh, we kind of bail. You know, I met him, he was there, we we're talking to him, and then uh, that's the first day that him and James have, have spoken a while. And uh, time went by, and uh, James called him one day and said, Hey, if you ever want to get together and write a song or whatever, and he's like, Yeah, when the time is right, we'll do it, and that's mm-hmm. so. More time went by. I don't the seed know. Maybe was That's,
1: seed was planted. Seed was planted. Yeah,
0: kind of put it out there. And then when the time was right, he called and we started writing stuff. And instant chemistry with those guys. You know, it's like That's awesome. And he's, as, as you know, he's goofball. A, he's a goofball. He's a ham. You and, say that in the in the film. That's really cool. Yeah, but he's he's a beautiful human being. Yeah, it's it's like, amazing, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love the record too. It's just thanks. The, the songs are so good. Pray for me. I love all these songs. Love and Meth, just great, great song. Me man. and
0: John keep trying to, uh, there's just, just a couple, uh, Paranoid and Aroused, what's the other yeah. one? Um, we actually worked a couple of these up at sound checks when they victimized, we tried to do before. But yeah, I'm a fan of, uh, Don Gilmore produced this and it was a totally different, yeah. he did the first couple of Lincoln Parks. And That's cool, man.
1: Have you guys ever thought about working with like Rick Rubin?
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, cause, yeah he just, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's <laughs> He's, yeah. He's a different, I mean, producers are kind of strange in a way because you need that outside ear and outside vice to like, because you get attached to these things they become your babies. You start writing all these songs and and then this guy goes, ah, that sounds too much like this. Or Mm -hmm. how dare you? That's our, you know, you get kind of proud about the tunes. And, you know, Rick from Ross Robinson to Don Gilmore to Bob Ezrin to Nick rasky they're (laughs) such different people. So... And a lot of times, you don't know if it's going to make or break the record. You just have faith and confidence in these people, you know. So mm-hmm. Rick is such a strong personality. I'd love to get in a studio with yeah, him. I've never done it,
1: you know. Yeah, he's got like a documentary series now on Showtime. It's really good. I can't remember the name of it see it. Yeah, it's called something. I can't remember the name. Serenity Suffering. Yes. Yeah. What's up with this record, man? It's good. I love rotting in vain man such a powerful song
0: thanks yeah did you see tommy flanagan in the video Uh uh-uh. yeah you gotta you gotta check out the video yes yeah, so i'm gonna look for it <laughs> yeah then. um this is the first one with nick uh rasky linux it's josh wilbur mixed that and in my opinion it's one of the best mixed records it's just ginormous sounding mm-hmm. the blow end is so big oh yeah, yeah jonathan sounds amazing the guitars are in your face you can hear fieldy's Pop that he had back, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. There's all this blend in there that to me it's one of the best mixed records. I yeah, think man. this and the nothing, you know, mm-hmm. my two favorites. Some great songs on there. Playing these songs live were, were just amazing. Like playing the song Insane, great opening song. up with that, it just sets the whole mood for the night. You
1: know? mm-hmm. All right. And then you got um your boy Jonathan Davis. I'm so, I love this record. Yeah. Such a great record. Black Labyrinth. So, we. So, did he ask you? He's like, coming off tour, he's like, I'm going to do this solo
0: thing. Do you want to. He asked me the first tour I did with him, which was wow. in 08 when we started in January. We just got done doing 36 countries in four and a half months. Jeez. Not states, countries. I'm talking Dubai, South Africa, Australia, Japan, you know, Russia, mm-hmm. all of Europe, all of Canada. It was an insane, crazy tour. We got off, he's like, Hey, Ray Ray, you, you got to come uh, play on these songs that I'm doing. I'm like, of course, man. He goes, but I want to do something different. I want to do taiko drums and get really experimental and try mm-hmm. some different. I'm like, I'm all about that, man. Anything not to just go boom, chuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that's, we we did a lot of these tracks, though, back then in 08, pushing 09. Mm-hmm. And they kind of sat there. And through the years, he'd, he'd play these things. I'm like, what song is that? He's like, that's you, dumbass. I'm like... <laughs> What? Like, wh- why isn't this out? He's like, ah, I just, I don't know. I got to get a deal happening. I got, to anyway, long story short, Velvet Hammer, our new management, heard mm-hmm. it, got us a deal on Sumerian Records and re recorded some of them. Some of them were the original recordings and then had it mixed and mastered and really happy with that. Did you like going on tour with this? You guys did a small run, right? Small, like, smaller shows. Smaller clubs and House of Blues type places. I love the intimate, you know, settings like that. It's just yeah. Awesome. You know?
1: That's awesome, man. So, yeah. You guys just did a tour with Allison Chains. Yeah, amazing. Thanks. I love Allison Chains. Did you guys connect with them? I mean, did you know them back in previous?
0: I never met them before. I met Sean Kenny a couple of times at certain situations. Um, um, I met. I actually jammed with Mike Starr before he passed. Oh, uh, that's it, cool. In a club in LA, a really small place called the Cat Club. Um, amazing people, you know. um yeah. oh, Such great songs. I mm. mean, we were fans of them from way back. Yeah, me too. And. Sometimes when management presents you with certain packages or certain bands, you never know. You kind of some are obvious, like we've been out with Rob Zombie, Disturbed, you know, uh, M- Manson, whoever. Like it kind of works. But when they mention Alice in Chains, I'm thinking this is really great. This is are our fans, their fans, and vice versa. It was one of the my favorite tours I've ever done. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, cool. they had so many great songs. There wasn't one night that I didn't go out and at least watch. Three or five songs, oh, you know, because yeah. it was, it got me pumped. <laughs> I mean, they sing like freaking birds. William and Jerry together are just, yeah, unbelievable. Jerry would come over to my dressing room, like, they go, hey man, you haven't, why don't you do fly off the new record? And he's like, he starts singing it, like three oh, feet really? in front of him, like, because I'm still a fan, you know. It's <laughs> like, you kidding me? You're playing it. The, so they're they're, awesome people. It's awesome, man. Dude, I appreciate you being on the show,
1: man. This means a lot to Thanks me, Thanks for
0: having me, man. I was, uh, yeah. Dug up some cobwebs, too. I'm like, whoa.
1: <laughs> you got to give me your best uh, Dave voice right now. What are you talking about, Dave <laughs> voice? No
0: such thing, pal. <laughs> I always tell people having Dave Lee Roth as your singer and having him as your roommate on the bus is two different things. Completely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does he
1: enjoy you imitating him? or is that like, is that I don't like know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe cut that part out. No, he,
1: I don't know. I mean, he's a great dude. Yeah, man. Dude, well, I appreciate being here, man. This means the world to me taking the time. Hey, man! man. You've Thanks done such him. a solid job, man. You have so much done; it's
0: amazing. I appreciate Huge it. catalog. I, I, I got ways ways to go. Yeah. I feel like it anyway. You know. <laughs> I appreciate Thank you, it, brother. Man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man.